the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Intelligent Radio, fueled by Lucky's Station. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Arizona Republican Senator John McCain in dealing with the GOP with its latest defeat now, and they have to repeal and replace Obamacare. Here's correspondent Linda Kenyon. In a statement, Senator McCain says, quoting here, I cannot in good conscience vote for the Graham-Cassidy proposal. Senator McCain's announcement puts the GOP's plans for a vote before next Friday into a tailspin. In his statement, Senator McCain says too much is unknown about the bill, including how much it will cost and how many people would be covered. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office says it cannot provide that information by the deadline. That deadline of September 30th would allow Republicans to pass the bill without any Democratic votes. That is correspondent Linda Kenyon reporting. What's being called an aftershock to an earlier earthquake today in southern Mexico. There are no reports of widespread damage. Seismologists say this one in Oaxaca hit 6.1 in magnitude. This is SRN News. Don't miss an evening with Elder. AM 1280, The Patriot is bringing Larry Elder to the Twin Cities for the first time on Tuesday, October 24th. This exclusive event will get you up close and personal with Larry Elder. Tickets for the main event start at just $15. VIP dinner tickets are just $99. And a limited number of tickets are available for a post-party meet-and-greet with Larry Elder. Details and tickets at am1280thepatriot.com. Just after 1 o'clock and coming up next on The Patriot, it's the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network with the local one, the headliner, Mitch Berg, he is up next. Don't miss out on an evening with Elder. The Patriot is glad to bring the sage, the great Elderski, Larry Elder, to the Twin Cities for the first time. The event is Tuesday, October 24th. Tickets are available at am1280thepatriot.com. From the Benjamin Franklin Plumbing Weather Center, partly sunny and near 90 today. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This hour of the Northern Alliance Radio Network is brought to you by Thompson Building and Remodeling. With over 30 years of experience in home repair and remodeling, Thompson Building and Remodeling can ensure you of a quality job done right. From expert roofing, siding, and window installation to full additions and more. To see their work, visit online at thompsonpros.com. Thompson supports the Northern Alliance Radio Network to bring Patriot listeners a local voice in local and national politics. The Northern Alliance is on. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. Welcome back to Twin Cities and World. The wind beneath the right wing. The show that says, send us your tired, huddled masses yearning to see red. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, making talk radio great again. My name, Mitch Berg, my blog, shotinthedark.info, uh, which has been going on 15 and a half years now uh, as one of Minnesota's foremost political, current events, history, and music blogs. In fact, it may be the foremost blog in Minnesota covering simultaneously all four of those topics, uh, and, and, and all four of them uh, considered at the same time. It's, that's how I get myself to the top of the heap, kind of like when I was a nightclub DJ and called myself the best bald white father of two rap DJ in the Twin Cities. It's it's not a hard uh, hurdle to overcome when you when you constrain it far enough like that. Anyway, we've been doing this show for 14 and a half years now, heading on officially now over the hump, heading towards year 15, dominating Twin Cities weekend talk radio with a fair but firm hand. Uh, you could almost call it Game of Radio Thrones. And we are uh, the, the, the one that is going to come out ahead in the end. I've never watched any of the shows or read any of the books. I'm going to have to actually get on that one of these days. Uh, 
Don't forget, Brad Carlson will be up tomorrow from 2 to 3. And our friend King Banyan is going to be on our sister station, AM uh, 1440, The Businessman, every Saturday morning from 9 to 11. Huge week this past week. Uh, I mean, it's always a huge week out there. But I want to, I want to go back and uh, and talk with one of our old friends uh, about, I should say, one of our old friends on this broadcast here. When I say friends, I mean punching bags. Uh, there, there was a, a piece that came out in the Star Tribune this past week that I addressed at some depth and some length on uh, Shot in the Dark info this past week, and. To fully address it, I have to go back in in history just a tad here. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back four years to the pages of the Minneapolis Star Tribune, and and read this this piece by not the editorial board, but a friend named Fred Matamoros, uh, who who wrote for basically on behalf of the uh, of the Star Tribune editorial board. Uh, about an issue that is coming back to bite Minneapolis today. This was in uh, 2013, I believe November of, uh, two, October 26th of 2013. With relatively low unemployment, <laughs> largely stable neighborhoods, and positive trends in public safety, <laughs> Minneapolis is the envy of many large U.S. cities. <laughs> the state's economic and cultural hub has been well served by three-term Mayor R.T. Ryback, who is not seeking re-election on November 5th. Although uh, through force of personality and boundless energy, Ryback has overcome a weak mayor system and provided forward-looking, fiscally responsible leadership. He will be missed at City Hall. Now, I will say, speaking for myself, uh, when given in, when operating in the context of a city that is no less a one-party uh, feudal system than old East Germany uh, pre pre nineteen ninety one East Germany was, yeah, that's true. R. T. Ryback, in the great scheme of things, compared with those who came before, and those who have come after, was believe it or not, relatively fiscally responsible within the context of Minneapolis. Assuming you ignore the fact that they starved North Minneapolis of funding, and they and they and and. Uh, Miss, I mean, I mean, directed the spending in a way that that served the sinecures of the state of the city's public employee unions, the police and fire unions, the the teachers unions, the uh, and and the DFL establishment in Kenwood and and Linden Hills that basically drives the policy for the, the city DFL party. Yes, R. T. Ryback was a relatively small s successful mayor, and by the way, a great interview we had him on the broadcast back in I think two thousand. 2012. I vowed to do it again, but we never did. Um, he's he left the mayor's office not long after that. That's a shame because it was a great interview and we one of the one of my favorite political interviews I've ever had in the 14 years of this broadcast. But in some respects, going back to uh, Mr. Matamor- Fred Matamoros's article from 2013, in some respects, what Minneapolis needs from its next mayor is more of the same as it benefits from a recovering U.S. economy. And a more city-friendly friendly legislature. It's kind of fun going back into history and seeing the assumptions that people made. Kind of like going back and looking at those those books about the emerging future from the 1940s and 50s, where it looked like by by the year 2000 we'd be driving around in hover cars and getting our food uh, from replicators, where you could just say, "Replicator, give me filet mignon with garlic bread," and boom, up it comes. And we hit year, the year 2000. Obviously, that was not to be. It's almost as fun looking back to the past and seeing the assumptions by which people, especially the city's DFL ruling class, uh, operated under. I mean, at that time, crime was falling in the city of Minneapolis. I mean, the neighborhoods were... <clears throat> What was it? What was he said? Relatively low unemployment. Okay, depends on where you are. Largely stable neighborhoods, with one huge exception, and positive trends in public safety. Oh boy, has that turned around in the last four years? Uh, Minneapolis is the envy of many large U.S. cities. No, it's not. Not anymore. Four years ago, if you winnowed your criteria down carefully enough, Minneapolis may have been the envy of Baltimore, St. Louis, Oakland, etc. And, and they may still be the envy of places like Detroit and Baltimore, maybe St. Louis, but 
there's a lot of cities that Minneapolis is slipping behind four years later. Anyway, uh, in some respects, what Minneapolis needs from his next mayor is more of the same as it benefits from a recovering U.S. economy uh, and a more city-friendly legislature. Bear in mind, in 2013, the Democrats still uh, controlled both chambers of the, of the legislature, which means the metro area controlled the legislature. But, and we're coming to the meat, the meat of this piece here, as the Star Tribune editorial board's recent growing Minneapolis series argued, the next mayor and city council should reject a status quo approach. A truly great 21st century city <laughs> must have fully, fully developed transit system. A birth to graduation emphasis on academic achievement for all youths and housing and job opportunities for young and old, regardless of the color of their skin or the neighborhood in which they live. In a 35 person field, remember that there were 35 people running for mayor four years ago in Minneapolis uh, before the city of uh, the Minneapolis City Council stamped down on all that uh, flaming democracy that was popping up by people spending 35 bucks to get into the race. They raised the fee up to some, like, I think, $500 to file for mayor now. Uh, so they're, we're way down on the number of candidates. <clears throat> anyway, in a 35-person field that lacks the perfect candidate to address those challenges, Betsy Hodges wins our endorsement based on her city council record of responsible fiscal leadership, her willingness to take on special interests on behalf of of uh of uh page went and reloaded on me thank you for nothing start to be in our willingness to take on special interests on behalf of taxpayers and her potential to grow into the civic cheerleader role that came naturally to ryback hodges at that time 44 grew up in minnetonka and earned her bachelor's degree from bryn mawr college in pennsylvania where else Uh, she was working at a new mexico home for the mentally ill in 1992 when the three los angeles police officers were acquitted in the beating of rodney king and the event sparked her interest in racial inequalities and public service that led her to the university of one guess one guess Wisconsin-Madison, where she earned a master's degree in, one guess, one guess, sociology, before returning to Minnesota in the late 1990s. She won her first four-year term in the Minneapolis City Council in 2005, and not long after that started work on what would become her most notable accomplishment, reform of fiscally irresponsible pension funds in the face of a fierce counterattack by the powerful police and firefighters' unions. The reforms saved city taxpayers from... Uh, 20 million in potential property tax increases in 2012, but were politically costly for Hodges when mayoral endorsements were handed out. Taking on special interest groups has never bothered Hodges. <laughs> Again, this is 2013, an attribute that helps her stand out in the field of top mayoral contenders. Hodges challenged uh, the fire department after learning that firefighters were calling in sick more often on summer weekends. And she took a lead role in uh, the budget-driven but controversial restructuring of the city's neighborhood revitalization program. So, four years ago, the Star Tribune endorsed Betsy Hodges based on the assumptions that, A, she would be a fiscally responsible leader based on her uh, performance in the Minneapolis City Council. And to be fair... It doesn't take much to stand out as fiscally responsible in the Minneapolis City Council, a place that makes the Berkeley City Council look like a bunch of small-town Norwegians. Uh, This is a city council that never met a dollar it couldn't spend. And by the way, uh, when you talk about priorities, the city of Minneapolis has always shorted the North Side neighborhood, shorted it on police coverage, shorted it on economic redevelopment money, based on the assumption that the state or the federal government would pay for it for them. It's just a problem they just can't seem to bring themselves to deal with. So what's happened in the last four years? Well, Minneapolis's so-called reputation for a low crime rate has gone out the window. Minneapolis's crime rate has been going up over in recent years, as opposed to the rest of the state, which has had a steadily falling crime rate. Uh, Minneapolis's economic development is stalled. And in fact, it's led the stalling of uh, Minnesota's economic development as a whole. I mean, it's still a great place to have a Fortune 500 company, but as a small business, a place to run small business, well, that's been a, a, a hub of much of Betsy Hodges' and her city council's uh, virtue signaling. 
I mean, forcing small businesses to uh, pay for sick time and then jamming down a $15 minimum wage throughout the city of Minneapolis and trying to apply it, by the way, to uh, companies outside the city of Minneapolis, companies that have uh, no basis in the city of Minneapolis. This is, what's this done for the city of Minneapolis's economic development? Not a whole lot. It's companies, especially smaller companies, are hitting the X's as fast as they can pack their boxes and rent yet rent their cars. Are you alls? So what does this have to do with this past week in Minneapolis? But we'll get to that in a moment here. On the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot, go nowhere. Be right back. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. We would like to thank all of you with whom we've had the privilege to speak, meet, and even pray with over the years. We have been advertising on this station for a while now and have been so blessed by the response. Recently, we have come under conviction to make sure we are clear about and true to our mission, which is to work heartily as unto the Lord as we edify the church and build the kingdom. While we all fail daily in our lives, we can be full of gratitude that God is faithful and just to forgive us as we confess our sins to Him. 1 John 1.9 We also want to express our thanks to God for sending His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to pay for the sins of the world. That includes mine and yours. We pray that you see and know the Lord's great hope and his blessings today. Look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. Back to doing what I love and more. When you're in pain, you need the good feet store. Don't suffer from foot pain, sore ankles, tired legs, achy back and hips, or sore knees. Go to the good feet store for your no obligation custom fitting and immediately feel the difference. The Good Feet Arch Support System is designed to put your feet in an ideal position, redistribute body weight more evenly, and help relieve pain and stress. With over 350 styles and sizes to relieve your pain. This is Michael Medved, and I wear my Good Feet Arch Support System in all of my shoes. I'm told they even work in high heels. I don't have experience with them. If, if you have stress, if you have tension, pressure, or pain in your back, hip, knees, ankles, or feet, call for your appointment, 855-554-3338. For your no-obligation fitting, you can use your flex spending accounts and most health savings accounts, too. Visit one of the three Good Feet locations, Bloomington, Maple Grove, and the brand-new store in Maplewood. Thanks to the Good Feet store. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, don't forget, coming up October 24th, don't miss an evening with Larry Elder. AM 1280, The Patriot bringing Larry Elder to the Twin Cities for the first time Tuesday, October 24th. Tickets for the main event, just $15. VIP dinner tickets, $99. And a limited number of tickets available for a post-party meet-and-greet with Larry Elder. Details and tips at ticketam1280thepatriot.com. That will be a fun event with a capital E. Larry Elder, of course, making his first trip to the Twin Cities that we know of. Certainly his first as an AM1280 The Patriot personality with the Salem Radio Network. 
Of course, he runs the uh, afternoon show, uh, has ever since Hugh Hewitt moved to mornings and to D.C. So well worth uh, a listen. I'm, I'm dying to watch this. Uh, this president, uh, but Larry Elder is an amazing personality, and I'm dying to see uh, what, what he uh, has to say. Uh, Tuesday, October 24th. These tickets, if you remember how fast the tickets went for the 100 Days event, uh, this is going to go fast. <laughs> Every bit is fast. Uh, so you're going to want to make sure you uh, get in on this bright and early. Larry Elder coming to the Twin Cities Tuesday, October 24th. That's not that far away, folks, about a month uh, month flat. Uh, and yet those tickets, I'm predicting the the good ones will be gone inside of, I don't know, a month or so here. So we're 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 moving. Anyway, uh, a couple of weeks, I should say, because it's a month away. Anyway, get it on it. Get on it. Go. AM1280thepatriot.com. Go. Now. Hurry. Run. Uh, we're talking about a uh, editorial or, or, that appeared in the Star Tribune this past week. And by way of giving you some context, I read you in the first segment the endorsement that the Star Tribune editorial board made of uh, Betsy Hodges for mayor. Now, Betsy Hodges, they said, would rule Minneapolis as a fiscally responsible, uh, relatively pragmatic DFLer who had spent some time bucking the purported system. And it's fair to say that Betsy Hodges has spent the last uh, few years in Minneapolis bucking the system in Minneapolis, where the system equals the police department and, to some extent, the fire department. Uh, one thing she has spent a lot of time doing is virtue signaling. Uh, vir- virtue signaling as in in the sense of using her mayor's office for the same reason that much of her city council uses their offices to to uh, sound off on national level politics. I mean, Betsy Hodges has, has made herself a, a, a constant heckler of Donald Trump as part of her, her office. She has spent a lot of time uh, showing up at events that serve only to signal her virtue. Uh, showing up at Black Lives Matter events uh, while she was uh, welcome there, showing up at Dreamsicle rallies, I'm sorry, uh, Protect Minnesota and Bloomberg uh, rallies for uh, victim disarmament, uh, a.k.a. gun safety, but it's victim disarmament is the proper term for it. Yeah, she appears at all of those wearing her little orange uh, shirt talking about how how we need to... uh, enact all sorts of policies that will not affect crime in any way, shape, or form, but will infringe the law-abiding citizen's right to keep and bear arms. Anyway, she's done a lot of things. One thing she has not done. Oh, and she has gone out front in uh, support of things like $15 minimum wage, which will hike unemployment among the youth and unemployed of Minneapolis, uh, especially those who actually need minimum wage training jobs to actually learn job skills and and get out into the job market. I mean, who cares about those, right? Uh, to benefit essentially a, a 2% of the minimum wage earning public that are actually adults. I think it's actually less than 2% of the minimum wage earning public is uh, adults who live on their own and for whom minimum wage is their primary income. I mean, the vast majority, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, by the way, pointed out years ago that the vast majority, over 80 percent of minimum wage earners live in households with incomes of uh, over $50,000 a year. In other words, they're kids living at home, working for minimum wage to learn job skills, make spending money uh, before they go on and do other things with their lives and ideally learn skills that earn a lot more than $15 an hour if they're lucky, smart, keep their pants zipped, and they get a high school diploma. That's how it should work. Anyway, Betsy Hodges has spent the last four years virtue signaling about social matters, uh, undercutting her police department, and as we saw in the uh, Justine... uh, 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 the, the, I'm blanking on her name. Anyway, the shooting in uh, southwest Minneapolis uh, last month uh, there's some undercutting or at least some holding accountable needed, but I don't think it's fair to say Betsy Hodges is equipped to do that. But she's been uh, out front on, on a lot of issues that have very little to do with the bread and butter of, of trying to revive Minneapolis, trying to deal with the problems that have sprung up or at least reestablished themselves in Minneapolis since she uh, took office. Now, one of those problems that established itself 
uh, is a rising crime rate in downtown, especially the area called the North Loop, which is the part north, uh, the part of, of the warehouse district north of First Avenue North, uh, the area along Washington from roughly the river down to roughly 394, but especially along Washington from 1st all the way up to about 12th, which not coincidentally is an area that the Star Tribune has a rather strong vested interest in. Uh, the Star Tribune, of course, was pushing bigly for the new Vikings stadium because, of course, it would involve selling the Vikings uh, or the Metropolitan Sports Facility Commission <laughs> and the Minnesota taxpayers the properties that they owned along 4th and Portland for a rather, rather nice price. I mean, sports is a big moneymaker for any newspaper. And so, so naturally, the the Vikings were very. Me, the Star Tribune was very much in favor of a Viking stadium, anyway. But as we pointed out on this broadcast years and years ago, they had a double special double dog interest in the Viking stadium because, of course, all the plans that were ever really considered involved the Sports Facilities Commission buying those two blocks of downtown Minneapolis property. Which, of course, the mere notion that there was going to be a stadium there. Uh, raised the value of that property. So the Star Tribune bought itself a few years of solvency by moving its uh, editorial offices and its newsroom up to its old production uh, plant up on 8th, uh, 8th Street North, just off of Washington Avenue, which, by the way, uh, has also benefited greatly in terms of property values from the gentrification of the area. I've described in the past how the North Loop, when I first moved to the Twin Cities, was a was a rough, largely vacant area of really cruddy warehouses that uh, that that were in dire need of renovation. Well, that neighborhood has gentrified itself completely out of recognition in the last fifteen years or so here, and that's largely a good thing. And this, as the Star Tribune points out, uh, so that's uh, that's. That's something where the Star Tribune has an interest. And they stated that interest fairly clearly uh, in this editorial. I'll start from it here real quickly. Home to nearly 6,000 businesses, the Strib says. Uh, downtown Minneapolis swells daily as more than 160,000 workers head in uh, to the state's economic hub. Its landscape is dotted with major businesses, banks, hotels, and a massive football stadium. Yep. The hub-and-spoke model of downtown is alive and well in a city that pretty much depends on the idea being propagated for all of eternity to stay viable. They they pay good money in Minneapolis to keep the old 1950s hub-and-spoke idea of a city alive and well. Anyway. Back to the strip. Unlike a generation ago, downtown is also a growing neighborhood, home to nearly 40,000 residents. By design, they tend to be educated, affluent professionals craving an urban lifestyle that includes the excitement of a nightlife powered by bars, theaters, and restaurants along Hennepin Avenue and the bustling North Loop. Interesting term they use there, uh, by design. Those are two very loaded words. Uh, About a generation ago, like I said, when I first moved to the Twin Cities, the North Loop was genuinely blighted. It was nearly vacant after dark unless you were around one of the bars or one of the strip joints. And we're not talking the, the, the upscale bars and the fairly posh strip joints, or so I'm told, that they have on the North Loop these days. We're talking the kind of stuff that would have been embarrassed to, to be next to a Navy base back then, if you catch my drift. Just down the road from North Minneapolis, and it is, by the way. I mean, you're you're half a mile from the classical uh, definition of North Minneapolis in the North Loop, uh, which, by the way, 30 years ago was just as big a problem to the city's reputation then as it is today, although people were a lot less reticent to say so uh, or why it was a blot of the city's reputation back then. Anyway, it shared some of the same problems, issues, pathologies, with not as much of a resident population, because the only people who lived in the North Loop back then were artists squatting in lofts uh, with cold water showers stepping over other bums as they walked through the halls. Anyway, sometime back in the 90s, Minneapolis noticed that, that small groups, these young entrepreneurs that were taking advantage of all the cheap, blighted property up there. I mean, you had a lot of musicians, a lot of businesses catering to musicians, a lot of artists uh, going up there and, and going where the, the cheap property was, which is what starving artists do, uh, and took an, a, a bunch of, uh, I mean, a flood of federal money and state tax money and decided to turn the lo- North Loop into a, a little Brooklyn. 
and by the way, if you've never haven't been to Brooklyn lately, Brooklyn has sort of turned into the uptown of New York. It's where the hipsters, the yuppies, the young college kids, the dot com crowd hang out in New York City these days. It's a little cheaper than Manhattan, sort of, kind of. And uh, it's where you, you, you can spend $4 on a, a cup of espresso, 5 $6 on a cup of espresso, and, and uh, learn everything you need to know about beard care products. Anyway, the city of Minneapolis about 20-odd years ago decided to replace all of that urban grit uh, and turn it into a hipster, young adult, but utterly child-free, couple-friendly version of Brooklyn. In fact, I, I'd almost like to, it's almost like a theme park, the North Loop. We could call it Urban Gritland. Uh, it's sort of an urban fantasy diver, uh, version of a Disney subdivision. It's like it's like it's like the Brooklyn Ride at, at Epcot Center, um, and it's not that's a bad thing. I mean, hipsters need to go someplace too. Better better there than the Midway. I mean, for crying out loud, uh, more stuff going on is better than less stuff going on. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, that's 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 an important thing. But let's let's talk about. What's going on in North Minneapolis, or North Loop, I should say, when we come back? Because with development came problems. We'll be right back. Go nowhere. Amazing to realize, but you know, it's been almost two years I've been talking with you about Relief Factor, and I can tell you I've been continually inundated with testimonials. This is Michael Medved, and I've received thousands of testimonials that come in telling me how excited people are to be out of pain, like Bob from Ohio, who writes, I had a herniated disc in my back in 1984. I started taking Relief Factor, and for the first time, I have been completely out of constant, sometimes excruciating pain. I'm now able to work in the yard, around the house, and do my job in comfort. This is a great product. That's the end of the quote. If you're struggling with ongoing back or neck pain, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, or general muscle pain, aches, pains of any kind, do what tens of thousands of others have done so successfully. Go to relieffactor.com and order their three-week quick start for just $19.95. 1-800-500-8384. That's 1-800-500-8384. AM 1280, The Patriot is proud to present An Evening with Elder, Tuesday, October 24th. You hear him every weekday on your drive home from 5 to 8 p.m. It's the Larry Elder Show, and we're bringing Larry to town for one night only. Larry will talk with you about the issues facing our country and what we can do to help make America great again. No topic is off limits as Larry talks about the economy, the border, jobs, race relations, and more. This is your chance to see Larry Elder in person for his first time in the Twin Cities, Tuesday, October 24th. Our last Patriot event sold out, so get your tickets now at am1280thepatriot.com. Tickets are available for a special VIP dinner, and a select few will even get to sit at Larry's table. General admission tickets for the main event are just $15, and there are a limited number of tickets available for an exclusive post-party. Get details and your tickets before they sell out for An Evening with Elder on Tuesday, October 24th. Brought to you by AM1280, The Patriot. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. Do you know the top three promotional items for driving new customers? We do. Do you know how to make your logo come alive and magnetically attract new, long-lasting customers? We do. And do you know how to ensure your logo is delivered on the right promotional items on time at a great price? We do. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Who are we? We're 4imprint, the nation's leading team to make your logo shine on your choice of thousands of promotional items. And right now, we want to share with you for free the top three promotional items for driving new customers. Discover them now by texting BAG44 to 642642. Let us show you what a difference the right promotional items can make to help grow your brand. With 4imprint, you like quality quality products, exclusive items, popular brands, on-time delivery, and outstanding customer service. That's what we do. Discover the top three promotional items for driving new customers by texting BAG44 to 642642. That's BAG44. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. The number to call should you care to join me, and I hope you do. So much coming up here in coming weeks. Don't forget, November 12th, 
one of my bands, the Supreme Soviet of Love, will be holding its album release party for its upcoming record. More on that coming up shortly. We'll be at O'Gara's Pub November 12th. We'll be going on stage at 8 o'clock. Hope to see you there. Cover's only five bucks, so... That we will be. Hope you will join us. 651-289-4488. If you were waiting online, feel free to call back. Sometimes I get started, just, just can't stop. 651-289-4488. Talking about the Star Tribune's editorial this past week. Uh, about the problems besetting the North Loop. Uh, and they write, in addition to all the, the upsides, the, the educated uh, uh, people, uh, you know, the, the, the crowd of people that have been populating, both living in and frequenting the North Loop, the educated, if urbanites that, uh, that, had, that have been working so hard on drawing to the neighborhood, uh, they point out that downtown also has a stubbornly rising crime rate that threatens all of the effort and investment in making this area vibrant and attractive. Robberies are up significantly. Homeless encampments are becoming more common. Weekends bring regular reports of shots fired. Complaints about aggressive panhandling are up, and some light rail transit stations have become trouble spots that draw crowds of young people late at night. Gosh, you mean exactly what I warned you they were going to do? Go figure! What? Berg is right again? Why, it's almost like this is a trend. And by the way, what do you expect? What you did? What they did in the North Loop? I mean, they subsidized the growth of a lot of bars and restaurants and lofts and boutiques and coffee shops, which puts a large population of soft in terms of, of in terms of crime readiness, wealthy and by the way, uh, unlikely to resist targets within reach of a whole lot of that urban grit that they haven't yet to be able to sand down and lacquer into a fashionable patina yet. You're down the road from North Minneapolis, which I'm sorry to tell you, is a dangerous neighborhood. It has a lot of people in the neighborhood who are not above going out and taking what they want from people. Who who need who want and need to pay for a lifestyle that they they can't earn through honest endeavor, and aren't afraid of going out and taking what they want to get it, or at least aren't above doing it. And and if you look at the election results in Minneapolis, especially places like downtown, you have to figure the vast majority of them are not going to be the people who are walking around with carry permits on threat level yellow, watching out for threats. No, we're talking about inebriated, entitled bobbleheads who've never really had to worry about urban grit other than in terms of a patina that's in their living room beams in their loft apartments up on 6th and Washington. These are early warning signs says the Star Tribune, that can signal greater trouble in the future. Spiraling crime can scare off prospective residents and employers. Residents of downtown, unlike those of most neighborhoods, tend to be renters for whom moving is as easy as just not renewing a lease. Businesses, too, can vote with their feet if they or their employers become uncomfortable. The Star Tribune then goes on to prescribe some solutions to a problem that uh, I spent a good chunk of this last week writing about. 651-289-4488. If you care to respond, and I do hope you do. One of the responses I I pointed out was, if you go back years on this broadcast, one of my bucket list interviews that I've not been able to secure yet is a fellow named Joel Kotkin. He's an urban planner. And and while if you're a conservative, the phrase urban planner might just make the hair on the back of your neck stand up, Joel Kotkin's one of the good guys. He's a left-leaning urban planning type. I mean, as if there's any other kind. But he's kind of made himself persona non grata among a lot of urban planning wonks because he kind of swims against the current train of thought. He, he, or current, I mean, urban planners, especially the people who run the Met Council, uh, want to cling to the belief that core cities will rise again, that, that, that the, the creative class that they've spent the last 20 years trying to build up loves their inner city amenities at least the, 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 the urban gritland amenities, uh, and 
the rest could be forced downtown by the Met Council's zoning policies. Now, Kotkin has committed the grave sin against leftist orthodoxy by noting that for the last generation or so, most of the growth in this country, economic growth and demographic growth, is happening out in the outer suburbs and the exurbs of the major and and mid-sized cities in this country. And by the way, mid-sized cities are gaining because in population and, and economic clout because, of course, now that we have the Internet, now that we have high-speed communications, now that we have an interstate system, you don't necessarily have to be in Minneapolis to carry on a Minneapolis-sized business. Fargo, as mid-sized a city as there is, has the largest Microsoft campus in the world outside of Redmond, Washington. Because there is no benefit to being in Redmond with its taxes, with its prescriptive zoning, with its insane traffic, and with its miserable weather, when you can be in Fargo with its not-so-miserable traffic, much more open policies, uh, no comment on the weather. Anyway, they bought a business that was already there. That's how it became. But then it's grown from there to be literally the second-largest Microsoft campus in the world. Anyway, Joel Kotkin has a theory that has gotten him disinvited from an awful lot of liberal parties. And that is that uh, cities are rapidly devolving into a a demographic donut. And the whole of the donut, the downtown area, the very core inner, inner, inner city, places like the North Loop and the area around the, 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 uh, the Guthrie, and the the, the very far lower northeast side, like along uh, St. Anthony, uh, will it will be will be the home of the gentry, the business people, the technocrats, the upper middle class, empty nesting retirees, the quote creative class, end quote, the hipsters, uh, the people who populate places like the North Loop, like the area neighborhood around the Guthrie, like the neighborhood around the the, the the Viking Stadium, like the area up and down Nicolette Mall, should they ever finish it, like the high rises that dot downtown with the the high, with the fairly posh condos. That's the hole in the donut. The rest of the donut, outside that posh, vibrant core that the Star Tribune describes, is where the civil service class warehouses the poor. That's going to be where the poor people live. And you're seeing that in Minneapolis. Downtown Minneapolis has turned into a place of amazing wealth, surrounded by neighborhoods, immediate neighborhoods at least, the north side, the near south side, Phillips, the Wedge, that are a little little more hard scrabble, a little more full of, of poor people, a little more full of people who, who, who haven't benefited from all that gentrification. The progressive political class tries to conceal this. And the Met Council is leading the way at trying to conceal this by, by increasing the amount of affordable housing uh, in the burbs by, and forcing burbs to build it and, and trying to induce people to move into it. But that's something of a tangent here. According to the uh, Strib's editorial, uh, it appears that the outer and inner donut rings are just getting a little too close together. And I quote, Downtown has become everything to everybody, said Minneapolis's incoming police chief, Medaria Ardando. And that's a problem. Few downtowns, he noted, have two major homeless shelters, along with the many social service and outreach programs that have located downtown over the years. And uh, if I will get you 10, that's going to be followed by a call to move more of those facilities and more of those services out to the burbs so people in the donut hole, the people who live around the Twin Stadium, the Viking Stadium, around the North Loop, around the Guthrie, around, yes, the Star Tribune headquarters, don't have to deal with them. In fact, they're foreshadowing that in the editorial. Quote, that may be something to rethink, said Chief Arredondo. <sighs> so here's the rub. For the last 60 years, the DFL has been has had ironclad control over Minneapolis. The DFL, the Democrat Farming Labor Party. They've controlled Minneapolis without a break for 60 years. They created the bureaucracy that fed off the welfare state, that created some of the worst income disparities in the state, by the way by using the North Side and Phillips and some of those neighborhoods as, as places to warehouse the poor. And now they want someone to get the bums out of their perfectly quaffed neighborhoods. I mean, they wrote about the, 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 the plague of aggressive panhandling after essentially spending 60 years favoring the policies that led to exactly what you have. 
The Star Tribune has been a DFL PR shop for decades. And they've done that. They have, and, and they have had full connivance in the DFL control that has led to the North Loop becoming what it is and led to the, the crime in North Minneapolis and downtown as it rises out of control to, to alarming levels because of DFL policies, because of, of the city council and Betsy Hodges' focus on virtue signaling over doing the meat and potatoes of running a city. Things like, oh, I don't know, Fighting crime. 651-289-4488. The dumbest of their many proposals uh, from the Star Tribune editorial board coming up yet. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Kelly has just entered the break room. There's no weird smell coming from the fridge. The garbage can isn't overflowing. And where's that leftover mess from Friday's potluck? Am I in the right office? That's when Kelly remembered the friendly and affordable staff at CTC Professionals gave her office a thorough cleaning. Don't stress about the mess. Let CTC Professionals keep your business neat and tidy. Call them at 651-404-0132 or online at ctccleaningpros.com. Two little tablets is all it takes to make your thin hair feel and look thicker and fuller. Guaranteed. Viviscal is the number one drug-free hair growth supplement in the U.S., with one box being sold every minute globally. It's clinically researched to promote existing hair growth for men and women. And now, a 90-day supply of Viviscal is being offered in your area risk-free, plus free shipping when you text the word GROW to 246810. Viviscal nourishes thinning hair from within. You'll love your hair growth results guaranteed. Viviscal is so effective, it's recommended by top doctors. Here's Dr. John Laura. As a dermatologist, I feel confident recommending Viviscal. It's backed by 25 years of research and multiple clinical studies that demonstrate Viviscal's effectiveness in promoting the growth of thicker, fuller hair. Want to try Viviscal? Every listener that texts the word GROW to 246810 gets a 90-day risk-free supply with free shipping. Text G-R-O-W to 246810. That's GROW to 246810. The world of business and finance is constantly changing. How are you keeping up with all the information? Most likely, you're not. Checking websites, writing emails, making phone calls, checking more websites, and still not finding what you need to know. But it has to be out there somewhere. Well, it is. Business 1440 is your on-air guide through the fast-paced business landscape. What you want to know, when you want to know it. Up-to-the-minute business and financial news on Business 1440. Stream online at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. There are lots of reasons why you should get life insurance. Here are two big reasons you should get it now. Hi, Mommy. Hey, Dad. Your family depends on you. Talk to SelectQuote. It's easier and more affordable than you think to get the life insurance your family needs. SelectQuote got Richard, 40, who takes meds to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month, and got Vanessa, 37, a $750,000 10-year policy for under $21 a month. Call SelectQuote or go to SelectQuote. SelectQuote.com today. Get up to 10 free quotes in minutes from some of the best life insurance companies out there, like Banner Life, Prudential, Mutual of Omaha, and many others. So, why haven't you called SelectQuote? Get your free quotes now. Call 800-681-9660. 800-681-9660. 800-681-9660. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call, or you can join us on hashtag NARN, that's Northern Alliance Radio Network. So we're talking about the article, the editorial from the Star Tribune editorial board this past week, uh, actually a little over a week ago, that appeared asking uh, the, the, the state to deal it with some changes in uh, North Minneapolis, specifically the North Loop, the part of downtown that abuts uh, the lower north side, which, of course, if you haven't been hiding under a rock, 
is uh, has become a bit of a, of a hotbed of crime in in recent years. Yet again, I mean, it's. I remember when I first moved to the Twin Cities, North Minneapolis was a problem uh, location. I remember 1986, the Guardian Angels, when they were briefly active in the Twin Cities. Uh, wound up blockading, actually, uh, essentially blockading a housing project in North Minneapolis, the Cecil Newman project up on, I think, what, Plymouth and Sheridan uh, that was, I could be wrong, on the cross street, but uh, that was uh, basically a hotbed of drug dealing and, and gang activity in North Minneapolis in 1986, 31 years ago. That's where I met Curtis Sliwa, by the way, for those of you who are into some 80s trivia, the founder of the Guardian Angels, but I digress. This is not new. The city of Minneapolis has known about this problem for literally a generation and change. And yet here we are. And exactly what does here mean? Well, we'll get to that in a moment here. Uh, let's go to the phones in St. Louis Park. Mark, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hi, Mitch. Uh, this is not exactly about the North Loop, but I went to one of my nieces. My niece made the state tournament, and the, her basketball team made the state tournament. They played at Target Center. So the first time in probably three or four years, I went to downtown Minneapolis. Uh, me and my sister, we parked on Marquette. We walked the Skyways over to Target Center just the one time. Yep. And three times we were accosted for money. Oh, yeah. Solicited for money. And my sister, thank God it was my sister because these were unsavory-looking people. Right. No security people in sight. Yep. No police officers. I've been there just once probably the last five years. Can you imagine what the people have to go through on a daily basis? And... You know, uh, uh, we're just first time in five years. Oh, yeah. Imagine what goes on on um, on on a daily basis. And um, I got a little funny story if you have time, but maybe you don't have time. Go for it. I got a few. Former mayor of Egan. Go ahead. Oh, former mayor of Egan. This is years ago when uh, the Met Council had forced forced the city of Egan to uh, build affordable housing. Met Council in like in a two block radius. Her name was Pat Anderson at the time. She switched her name. Then she married. Then her name was Pat Awada. I know Pat. Well, well, yeah. She was quoted in the Star Tribune saying, well, if you're going to force us to take affordable housing, you, you, you have to give us money for new for police officers. Right. And the Star Tribune just took her to task for that. So what? So actually, so I was at the state fair, and she had a booth at the state fair the following summer. I shook her head and said, thank you very much for being so honest. Yep. To make a long story short, I was at Cedar Lake a couple of years later, and there's a people swimming at, at the lake. And we started talking, and they go there from Egan. I go, so what, what, why are you swimming at Cedar Lake? We grew, grew up here. And so, oh, okay, so we come back to the lake. And they said, so what part of Egan? And we started talking. They said, well, I thought Egan's a very safe place. They said, no, there's a two-block radius where there's police cars there all the time. Yep. Boom. And and that hit me. <laughs> and I, I know this is off topic, but I had, can I just give you the Chutzpah of the Year Award? Go for that it. That means the No Shame Award. Absolutely. Uh, 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 and today's St. Paul paper, uh, uh, Steve Simon uh, the most serious challenge the integrity of our election system is the threat of outside forces. Uh-huh. This is a guy who won't even give public information to people, to citizens of Minnesota. Yep, and he's been I fighting. Thought, I, I just thought, and he's been fighting the Minnesota Voters Alliance on on putting out information related to uh, voter records as well. Not to mention the uh, the Trump Election Commission. Thanks for your call, Mark. As always, a pleasure to hear from you here. Yeah, it's. That's that's one of those things that you have to have to. It's annoying because as a conservative in a city full of liberals, you have to make sure you disclaim yourself when you talk about situations like the fact that where you build affordable housing tends to be the place where the police will get called the most. It's not that poor people aren't necessarily uh, prone to crime, prone to to criminal activity. And it's not that black people are necessarily prone to criminal activity, because that's the thing that, that conservatives get accused of when they talk about uh, low-income housing, uh, that, that it's just a dog whistle for racism. As P.J. O'Rourke said, uh, it's not as if you took away Thurgood Marshall's bank accounts, he'd wind up selling crack down at the Port Authority bus terminal. It's not a race thing. It's not even a poverty thing. There's all sorts of poor people and lower-middle-class people in this country who don't get calls to their apartments constantly. No, but there is there is a correlation between the the crowd that I mean the people who get priority for affordable housing tend to be what the people that draw the criminals uh, single parent families where 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 
the single parents wind up with uh, significant others in their lives who are heavily involved in crime. It's not politically correct to say so, but then I live near these projects. I mean, you go a mile down from my house and you're in Frogtown, Minihan, Victoria, and you've got projects full of single mothers with children, and those children grow up to be teenagers and teenage children of single parents are significantly likely to be involved in some kind of criminal activity and what you know the the, the parents themselves get into relationships because who wants to remain alone forever and who are you going to find it that's it's it's uncanny uh, they they say that the best way to avoid poverty in this country is to a finish high school b even a public high school as as dodgy as they are uh Finish high school, wait until you're married to have kids, and get a job. Any job, doesn't matter. Start at minimum wage, learn a skill, work your way up. And and among the people who match that portfolio in this country of having finished school, not having children out of wedlock, and getting a job, any job, doesn't matter, just working, the, the, the percentage of people who are in poverty is vanishingly low. I think I think it's, uh, it's on Prager University last week. The percentage of people who fit those criteria who are in poverty is under 7% in this country. Uh, perhaps lower than that. It's either two or seven percent. It's low. It's low, and and you have the best chance of rising out of poverty if you you or your parents and you and your parents match those criteria. But there's a flip side to that bromide, and that is if you don't match those criteria, your odds of being in poverty skyrocket, and your odds of being in a community, not necessarily yourselves, but the community you're around that attracts the pathologies that are attracted to poverty. Things like crime, drug abuse, <laughs> low-rent drug abuse. Not cocaine, mind you, but crack and meth and, 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 and criminal activity. Places that find a fertile home in places with poverty, in places with diminished expectations and low hope. It's not a racial thing. It's not even a class thing. It is a, a, a congregation of people who have made choices, or in the case of some people who've had choices made for them uh, by the previous generation that they're having a hard time digging out of. Minneapolis's social service agencies have turned North Minneapolis and Phillips and some of these other neighborhoods around the urban core, the whole of the donut, into the sort of uh, poverty warehouses that foster this sort of thing, that, that have an overstock of that sort of uh, hopelessness. And, and by the way, again, not a social thing, not a racial thing. You find the same thing in trailer parks uh, in the Deep South, and for that matter, some of the trailer parks here in the Twin Cities, where you have people who've warehoused themselves in communities full of despair. Oh, we're not done with the Stribs editorial. I want to be done at the top of the hour. I am not. Northern Alliance, AM 12A, The Patriot. Go nowhere. Be right back. Message and data rates may apply. Ready to get back to college and finish that bachelor's degree? Yes. Love the idea of finishing your degree online? Yes. Does the idea of transferring credits sound like an absolute headache? Yes. Then transfer your transfer headaches to us. We're Southern New Hampshire University. We're experts in making sure you get the most from your previous college credits. We do practically all the transfer work for you, putting you on the fast track to graduation. Yes! Send us a text and we'll do all the work. Discover SNHU and how much time and money you can save with a no obligation bachelor's degree transfer evaluation by texting can 11 to 554433 founded in 1932 southern new hampshire university offers degree programs online making higher education far more affordable and accessible say yes to finishing your degree discover snhu and how much time and money you can save with a no obligation bachelor's degree transfer evaluation by texting can 11 to 554433 that's can 11 to 554433 southern new hampshire university see yourself succeed You've heard of the fun police? Well, we're the opposite. The original donut shop coffee. Full-flavored, deliciously straightforward coffee best enjoyed with a smile. So good, it's criminal. 
Enjoy a cup and sprinkle some fun into your day. Made for your Keurig Brewer. Find it at Keurig.com and grocery stores everywhere. Just look for the bright teal box with the donut. The original donut shop coffee. Have more fun. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. Financial Fortitude with Dale Creed Francis and Ryan Litvin pointing out today's challenges in the economy for today's investors. So whether it's maximizing your social security, it's figuring out ways that are best to take a pension that you may have, creating a lifetime income strategy from whatever asset base it is you have, really evoke the mind and, and get people thinking about, hey, these things might work for me. Saturday at 3 and Sundays at 11 a.m. here on AM 1280, The Patriot. This is AM 128. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 